just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Present Influence Podcast. My name is John Ball, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, a gentleman called Shane Wallace, who is the founder and CEO of WorkApp. Now, this is a business that Shane built up with multiple investments from regular people who he just met and started talking to about his vision in terms of inspirational stories and just going out there and getting it and making it happen and not being limited by things. I think you'll want to hear Shane's story. So Shane, welcome to the Present Influence Podcast. G'day, John. Thanks for having me, mate. And uh, g'day to everyone watching and listening. Fantastic. Well, uh, just to get started, please give us a, a bit of background about what WorkApp is and how it all started. Well, it's a free digital platform for trade and commerce, uh, first and foremost. Uh, and how it started was going back nearly seven years ago now, uh, my time is flying, so flying by us, you know, so we're 2020. Uh, and my brother rang me one day and said, let's build an app that finds the closest active workers to the job site because he's a tradie and he needed one. So it started from an idea that we toed and froed and uh, we decided to embark upon the journey of building an app. And the interesting thing about the whole story to begin was, with, was uh, the first app that I'd ever downloaded was mine. I'd actually never downloaded an app prior. So I'm one of these old school people. I didn't have a computer and don't send emails or any of that sort of stuff. So it's the old school tradie ways where we used to, you know, put an ad in the newspaper and you'd get like a, a week or a month's worth of work, depending on how good the ad was. And, and that, yeah. that was the old school way, you know, well, you know, we're in the digital age now and people, you don't, you don't go and put an ad in the newspaper and get a month's worth of work anymore at, at all. You know, uh, you, you got to search engine optimize and you got to do your social media thing. It's, it's a different game. So I guess that's what drew me to the challenge was to see if we could actually build a platform that could be like the digital version of the good old days, like a, a platform that was free and fair for the people and you got what you paid for if you had to pay. Well, we've made it free. So it's a different kettle of fish. But yeah, that's how it started. Fantastic. And so one of the things that really in, interests me and intrigues me even about your journey is that you didn't have the money just to sort of go out and do all of this off your own back. You, you created that, you raised that yourself. And how, how well, did that start? Well, kind of, because initially when my brother rang me and said, let's build an app, and basically he talked me into it, right? Because I gave him all these objections under the world as to why we couldn't build an app. And uh, he fired back at all of my... Uh, dialogue that I've taught him over the years of personal development on find ways forward, don't find excuses why you can't, you know? And uh, it was just a really good idea building work app because it was based on helping people to thrive in a level playing field. And so because I didn't know what I didn't know, 
we signed up to just try and build an app. Now we were thought it was going to cost like maybe one or two hundred thousand dollars, which is what we were led to believe at the time. And so we decided to risk that money, which was all the money we had, by the way, like every cent, and just start building this app to see how we how we go, sort of thing. Because my theory was we can make it back later in life, or you can do whatever anyway. Right. And um, so, and we spent all of that money. We we spent all of it and failed dismally, right? And uh, so. I was in too far to turn back at that stage and I was already in firm belief that it was going to work. It was just, could I build the technology to back the idea? Cause the right. idea was always great. It was always very noble and for the people, but building the technology to back it was just like poles apart, you know? And I soon believe, uh, soon learned that I basically had my ambitions mixed up with my capabilities in a, in a massive, massive way. And I applied a lot of spirituality and, and personal development to bring that into, you know, an equilibrium and these days here now we're, we're a global growing app and we have global scalability in place from all those years of failing. So it's a, it's a, it's a dare to fail in order to succeed scenario, John. Definitely. Uh, now many people would find themselves sort of feeling defeated and possibly would give up in that kind of face with those sorts of odds. What do you think uh, made sure that you didn't? Well, I was first and foremost, very excited about the prospect of building work app and what it would mean for, you know, the people that have been dumped by the digital tidal wave over the last decade, the people that used to put an ad in the newspaper and get a month's work, that you can't do that anymore. They don't have websites, but they're sole traders. You know what I mean? Like they're out there in the marketplace, but now they've got to, you know, subby where they used to get their own jobs and make a lot more from it. And it's a lot harder for these people. And I saw that firsthand, not only with my brother, but myself and, and, and others. So it just had this very, you know, like, uh, like such a grandiose outcome if we could build it to, to actually do what we said it was going to do. And in the end, it became worth failing for, for me because, you know, we'd already thrown all our money at it. And, you know, I'm now out starting to raise the capital and finding people to invest, which I managed to find some over 500 uh, to date, you know, uh, people to come and invest in this project. And along the way, it's grown to such a degree as well, where it's now a manifestation. I've actually built the technology to back the idea. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and why? Because I didn't give up. I just kept believing and kept going. I kept failing until I made it. You know? Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I got, I got asked the other day on a, on a coaching call uh, by somebody about how, how she could overcome this fear of putting yourself out there and, and, and going for it and being seen and visible and, and risking, kind of risking your reputation, risking, um, risking being criticized, risking all, all sorts of things by poking your head up above the parapet, really. Uh, and one of the things that I said to her kind of echoes what you're saying about having, having a reason to do it that overcomes your objections. And say, if your reason for doing this isn't big enough, then you're probably going to quit, that you really do need to get yourself fired up about this and have, have something to keep you going. That's well, going you've to actually got to be prepared to fail. Right. You know, like, because like you look at Elon Musk and his story and we know it from PayPal and now with SpaceX and Tesla, but, if you just look at Tesla, you know, like he spent all the money he had, you know, putting those rockets in space. And at the third rocket, he was out of money. Like he had one more rocket's worth and, that, and that's all over Red Rover, right? And right. he went with it and put the fourth rocket in. Now it worked out. But he was prepared to fail for the fourth time. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. to display that to the universe. Like failure is only not an option because I'm so prepared to fail. <laughs> that's why you can't. 
It's right. impossible. I agree. I think so many people see failure as being the opposite of success, but really it's just one of the road stops on the way to it. It's the process. It's the grind. It's the, it's the, it's a daily rejection. You know, it's the, the, the path to success. It's like the naysayers and it comes along the path as well. Like embrace the naysayers because they're the path to success. A certain level of success brings a certain level of naysayer. You know, the way I raised the capital from a mindset in the early days was to count the no's instead of the yeses because I worked out that I was about a one in 10 for every 10 offerings I gave in the pub, in the networking rooms, wherever I was, that would say yes. So I started to think, well, I should count the no's then. So I, you know, I'm getting the four and five no's thinking, oh, okay, we're getting close, we're getting close, we're halfway through, you know, six no's, seven no's, eight no's, nine no's, oh, only one more no, and I've got a yes. And it pretty much worked out on that dynamic too. So it allowed me to let go, if you want, um, of the rejection of the no's and count them favorably because they add up to a yes. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, for failure, your way to success. So, so much of life is a, is a numbers game and uh, framing it in that way definitely makes it a, a, a healthier mental process to go through. Well, it means we can believe it too, because if we can't believe it, we can't actually make it manifest in front of us. Indeed. So it's a way, it's, it's, it's coming, down, coming up with a way of believing it for yourself sort of thing, you know. Were there, were there any other things that you did or mindset practices that you had that, that supported you on this journey? Well, I was actually following uh, quite a stringent personal development journey prior to work at uh, about 15 years now. I've been, you know, what I call doing personal development, uh, which is courses and, you know, like the Robert Kiyosaki's and the John Martini. like I'm big on John Martini, you know, and Bob Proctor's stuff. And there's lots of, there's lots of good stuff over the years, but for me, it was about consuming the content because I grew up dyslexic and couldn't read to save your life sort of thing, you know, and learned it in a later stage, but never really uh, enjoyed reading because of that. But with audiobooks and technology, infuse your head, you know what I mean? Like put, put the good gear in. And so that's what I started to do. And it was actually a, a course I went to one day or a, a seminar course sort of speaker thing. And uh, one speaker said, you know, like the amount of hours we drive in a year in our cars um, if you add it up on average, actually adds up to a university degree on that many hours to get a nice. university degree in just one year. If you didn't put the radio on and instead put content on, then you can put the equivalent of one year and it might be two for someone that drive, doesn't drive as much and it might be only half a year for someone that drives the whole time. Um, and, I, and it just resonated with me and I thought, oh, wow, okay, well, that's pretty good. And the subject can be life and success. So go and choose wisely on what you're putting in. And uh, so I went off and looked for what, what resonated for me and what made me feel good and put it in. And it changed me, John. It changed me, you know. Great. I was mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, took, you took a somewhat different approach to the ones that may, people may be familiar with in terms of raising investment for their, for their business, that you, you raised your investments pretty much from regular people. How, how did that start and, and how did you develop that? Well, it was just quite spontaneous, you know, which as, as my life goes, you know, and I, and I enjoy that, that spark of spontaneity. Um, but when we'd failed after two years and we'd spent all our money, so it was late 2014, we started in early 2013 and we spent all our money basically and we failed because we did a competition in India and too many Indian people joined and just our system couldn't handle the load and 
So I was like, oh, my goodness gracious, you can't be serious. We're failing because we can't actually handle them all on there, you know. So, but I got excited because that was a successful failure in, in my mindset, you know. It's like, well, that's the right reasons to fail for then, you know. And um, so that sparked me into action of like, right, I'm going to go and find someone that has the professional goods to actually build this with us. And I managed to do that. And when I'd found them and, and, I'd, and I'd successfully pitched work app and they were very much emotionally like, yeah, let's do this. This is really good as long as you can fund it sort of thing. And, and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, look, look, how much are we talking? And he said, we'll just start with a million bucks and see how you go, you know? And uh, like I nearly fell off my chair and just held a straight face and went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah I'll be okay. Okay. Not knowing how, but I'm already emotionally attached to this, so I'll, I'll worry about how later kind of thing, you know. And I ended up going home and saying to my wife, oh, this is what's to go, and we've got to somehow find a million dollars. And she's like, how are you going to do that? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to go down the pub for a schooner, have a beer, and just have a think about it, you know. And so I did go to the pub, and it was the middle of the day, and, uh, you know, it was only one other person in the pub, and I did it, and I went out and grabbed the beer and looked over, and he's, like, looking at me and nodding his head, and so... I gravitated to him and pitched him work app and he said, mate, can I invest in this? And I said, well, yeah, you can, you know, and um, how much, how much, how much? And I just had to come up with a figure because I didn't even know how much, you know, like you can't say a million bucks, right? Because you'd like, sure. the fella's not giving me a million dollars, you know? <laughs> and so I said, mate, that's a, I think it's a $10,000 buy-in. And so he did that and that's, that kicked that off. Then it's got like the starting point. And um, it was a week later, nine of his friends had also given me $10,000 each. And I had my first $100,000 down, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's, let's go. And so I stuck with that of just going and asking. And I developed a whole mindset around asking. And so I just started to go out during the day. I'd go to coffee shops. Um, I would go like the most bizarre places because wherever I was going was just to meet someone and ask so that I could count my nine no's to one yes right. and it fully worked i'd literally sometimes i would leave during the day and my wife would just nod and go okay you're off to work and like i've got nowhere to go just, yeah i'm off to work yeah, but i've got nowhere to go right? other than to just go somewhere publicly and see if i can just ask someone if they'd like to invest because the hill at first was like well it's kind of insurmountable in a sense but i'll just start climbing and see how we go and how i did it emotionally was a promise that i gave everyone and my, I gave them two promises. Number one, I won't dilute the shareholding of work app. And number two, if it doesn't work, you lose your money. That's my promise. Okay. Right. And I would just proceed with the offer. And the ones that said yes to that was like, I can sleep at night. There's no problems. Let's go. Let's go. So I just started to bowl the numbers over and over the years. Yeah. It just worked out. It worked out for us. And I kept going and obviously the pitch got better. The platform started to now back my pitch because now I've got an app that you can download and put stuff on and next minute people are using it. And it's like, wow, that's like magic. You know what I mean? From an idea to a manifestation, was it easy? No. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. but when, by the time you got to t even just 10 people and your first 100,000, you must have at least started to believe this is very possible. Oh, more than probable. I was thinking at that stage, oh, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, wow, okay, well, you know, and, and obviously people along the way put in more than that as well. So started to meet people that were, you know, it was just, it was, fan, it was fantastic, you know. And, and, and all through that, my whole plan remains is to stay private as a company because that was what I'd kind of learnt through my, um, you know, investigations of these sort of startups and how they make it into the big time. 
um, and for me and how I was going to protect my mum and dad group because my promise is my solemn word and I'm not diluting the shareholding and if it doesn't work, you lose your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's okay. We're, we're, yeah. we're all out in there. So I didn't feel like I wanted any sort of venture capital or any sort of public entity to come and, you know, stifle our vision. Definitely. And uh, we're fortunate to be in that position now because now we're growing exponentially on the world stage. We're the leanest operation in the world, the leanest, you know what I mean? Like leanest on, on, on things that are done. Our, our ability to run, run a global platform is, is new age basically. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I often find myself saying to, to clients on, on group calls and talks that I do is about that. It's never really about the money. It's never about your resources. It's always about your resourcefulness, your ability to go out there and make it happen. And it's great to talk to someone who is a, a shining example of that. Thanks, mate. Fantastic. Thank you. The, Thank you. The, tell us a little bit about the, the pitching. You must have got pretty good at pitching over the time. You said, you know, you, you started to improve on that. Um, what would be your, can you give us an example about some of the things that you would make sure you have in your pitch or what you learned in, in becoming better at that? Well, I practiced the 11 second pitch repeatedly, right? And it's the hardest thing to do. And in the early days, I, could, I couldn't get me pitch under 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and like really trying. And that was, that was something I tested myself on going out in the field and just, you know, and, and sometimes I even went to buildings with elevators so I could actually get the real feeling of an elevator pitch. It's such a spin out. You've got to do it for yourself. <laughs> just go into a building, hop in an elevator and just go somewhere and just see how you go. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I've taught the, the elevator pitch, the but yeah, I've never actually thought about going to an elevator and trying it out. But uh, yeah, I like that. I like the idea. And um, can you give us your, your 11 second pitch? Well, these days it's just a free digital platform for trade and commerce. Work at works for you. That's fantastic. That's... Cause I try and get it way under 11. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like way under, but that's so hard to do when you're like, Oh, we do this, we do that. We do this, we do that. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a real uh, challenge actually to get your elevator pitch down. And I guess you do change it according to your atmosphere at the time as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you need a couple of responsive five secondies, six secondies, seven secondies, you know, 10, come on, you're out of time. You need a couple of those. And, it, and it's a practice. If you don't practice them, you'll never learn it, right? So yeah, if you have yeah. some and you walk around the house and you have a handful of them and you just re- parrot fashion them, well, they'll stick. What, That's what, are you, yeah. what are you most proud of for, for yourself on this journey? Uh, st- sticking at it and not quitting. You know, like times where it was so hard and like we were constantly out of money because it only ever cost money and it was always coming down to whether I could go long enough to build the technology to back the idea. And if I could keep going and and build it, then we'll be fine one day. And that went forever. (laughs) It went forever. You know what I mean? Like it went for six years. His last Christmas is when I could say I built the technology. So a year on from then, but it took six years before I could actually say, right. Yeah. You know, We're a, we're a different thing now and we don't cost a lot of money and we've got global scalability in place, you know, uh, I'm proud of myself for that, for just staying at it. Excellent. Well, and, and rightly so uh, as well, I'd say now with, uh, with this, I know people listening will probably be interested to what drives you. And one of the questions I like to ask people on the podcast is about your, your, your values, what really drives your beliefs and what you do. Yeah. What, what would yeah. you describe your top values as? Well, my top value was freedom, um, freedom for myself and freedom for humanity as well. 
And um, what drives me is the, the thought of being able to deliver that in some sort of a way. You know, like it's not so much about the legacy for me because that's ego, I think. You know, it's more about the actual happenings, the actual results for me. And I'm very result-oriented type thing, you know. And, and you know, here was, some, was already producing really good results and what's driving me even beyond work at because I'm thinking very, you know, large and I'm excited. And for me, it's like Elon. There's no fail. There's not a fail in sight. There's only a whole heap of challenges and uh, obstacles and, uh, you know, fun times. Uh, so that's what drives me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm outside of work at these days because I, I tapped into a spiritual thing for me of, of trying to work out what I existed to do in this life. You know, it's not an easy thing for any of us to answer. We spend our life searching for it. But through meditation for me, um, and some yoga practice and stuff, I was able to really tap into it over the last decade and I feel right with what I'm doing. Even though like I'm a fish out of water because as a tech CEO, I'm the most unsuspecting tech CEO in the world. I wear a t-shirt the whole time and that's what I know what the, the, new, the new generation's like anyway, but I still don't own a computer. I still don't send emails. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, that's, that's not who I am. I'm very much a PR sort of a, you know, uh, out there and have a, have a, have a, you know, conversation sort of fella, you know, so I'll stick with what I'm good at. And, and it turns out that this is going to be great to get everyone using work at because they're going to see that it's made level and, and fair for everyone. And you won't be able to stop them in the end, John, you just won't yeah. be able to stop them. You know? One of the things that often gets discussed, especially from successful people who are often talking about their journey to success, is about who they had to become in, in order to get to where they got to. Who did you have to become to get to the position you're in now? I had to become aware of myself and I had to, to my best ability, dissolve ego. Um, and I still haven't because I'm human, right? So I'm not saying I'm here in any way, shape, form as egoless, but... For me, the awareness around when my ego is actually shining upon or dominating over or whatever it is, the awareness around that is a real self-discovery and, and, and a lot of personal development to get to it. And that's, that's where I'm at with it sort of thing, you know, is uh, if you can dissolve ego and be quite neutral in any sort of encounter, then you can do what Mother Teresa was all about, which is be pro-peace, not anti-war. You know, it's the same thing, only different. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's when you can dissolve the ego. You can be pro-peace instead of being anti-war. And that's how we actually change the world and help humanity to thrive in the digital age is to be pro-peace and not anti-war. Easier said than done, though, with all of our challenges, you know? Yeah. I understand that. But for me, it was that discovery of how I dissolve ego as best I can. And to be honest, all the rejection through, um, you know, offering 5,000 people to invest in work app, that, that helped me to dissolve ego because I, I stopped taking it personally. At first I took it personally, you know, because right. you do. You just, yeah. you know, is, is, there, is there any piece of advice that if you could um, have a phone call with yourself at the back of the start of your journey that you'd like to give yourself? Yeah, just relax a little bit and just get into the heart center of belief and, uh, and meditation for me because that's the, you know, I, I, I do a meditation practice which just helps me stay excited about the challenges ahead you know the process you have to be excited about not the end goal if you're excited about the end goal and it's all about that for you you'll probably get shaken off the bridge along the way you've got to be excited at the process 
mm-hmm. the end goal is just like part of the process sort of thing, you know? And so that's something that I, I you know, if, if I'd learnt that, I could have just calmed down about my endeavour a little bit more instead of being so frantic about it in the early days. I was quite frantic, you know? Um, cause I was, I was on the edge. I was living on the edge. Like I'm, I'm on the edge of disaster or the verge of a miracle. I was on that same edge for like five years, you know, like it's such a finite edge. Cause if I stop funding the project and the developer stopped, then it stops. It never got there. I never built the technology to back the idea. It was just a good idea that I never quite built the technology. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a stressful a time in, in the middle of that. But toward the tail end of it, it really just came down to my belief and tenacity and will to just keep going. And had I have known that back then, I probably would just be would have done it a lot more, a lot more effortlessly. You know? But that's hindsight, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big believer in in the power of stories, and and your whole story is is very inspiring and very encouraging to anyone who's thinking about doing anything entrepreneurial or just going for something in their lives. Is there a favorite story that you have about yourself or your journey or something that's happened through, through doing workout? Oh, it's not really one story, but I, I swear there's, I've witnessed like 12 miracles take place for, you know, like just a synchronistic for this to even be, you know what I mean? Like uh, at the end of the second year, when we'd spent all our money and failed, like it was like, what, what developer is going to take me on? You know what I mean? What, what, you know, I had to find a special I had to find special people, right? And, uh, and, and the universal synchronistic pathway lined us up and fortunately we formed a relationship and here we are, you know? And I look back at that and think how pivotal it was because it was the either this has fallen over scenario and I've spent all my money, but that's okay. Or uh, I've found a way to ignite this on and keep going sort of thing, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it, you know... I look back on it favorably because now I understand so how like pivotal and finite it was. You know what I mean? I had my ambitions so mixed up with my capabilities and I can look back at now and go, Oh my goodness, like how naive was I? (laughs) But lucky I didn't know. Right. Cause it would have scared me off. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good good job. Sometimes it really We can't handle the truth, John. We can't handle the truth. Absolutely. That's, that's, you know, we're best not to know. Just know enough to excite you now and just go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And, and, and I, love, I love the story and I love the whole journey. Can you tell us, um, you, you had to persuade a lot of people on your journey and you, a lot of people chose to believe in you and, and invest with you as well and that helped you uh, achieve what you've achieved today. What do you think made you persuasive particularly? Because I believed it. It's, 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 that's what it comes down to in sales. And, you know, I've done sales prior to work at, and um, when I look back on my life, I've been a salesman from day one and I sell whatever I'm doing. If it's motocross, I'm selling you motocross. I'm telling you all about all the bikes and all the gear you can get. And I'm so excited about motocross. I can sell motocross, right? That doesn't make me a good salesman as a pot or pan seller. I'm not excited about them. I won't sell them very well. But motocross, I'm selling you the motocross. And I was like that then I was surfing and the motocross and then horses and then like everything all the way through. I was always selling whatever I was into. So I realized eventually that it came down to heart and, and you know, and, and excitement and whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to sell it naturally. I, you can't stop me, you know. Yeah. So when I, was, when I realized that the work at <clears throat> um, idea had lit up my soul, um, and it took me like six months to really realize that too. 
um, I, I was just like off the hook, excited, just really, really crazily excited because I just felt like, oh, wow, okay. I know what I exist to do now for at least this next five years. Anyway, I know yeah. what I exist to do so I can just get on with doing it. And so there's no more going to work. Is there, you're not working, you know, you just, you know, you're changing yeah. the world. I, my saying on the way out of the door every day, and it's a joke in my family is all right, see you later. I'm off to change the world. And yeah. you know, you just sort of say it as like a, a by the way thing, but imagine how many people have changed the world just out there doing their thing, you know? Well, your, your heart and your energy definitely, definitely come through from, from everything you're saying. Where, where is WorkCamp at the moment? What, what are the kinds of things that you're, you're doing with that now? Well, look, it's, it's only really just got traction properly here in Australia. Um, it is starting to bubble away in the US. And um, we've had some African listings coming on of late. India is obviously bubbling away as well. Um, we're up to like 150,000 downloads of the, of, the, of the app and that sort of thing. So we're really only on the the very start of things. But the interesting thing is about all that is I never worried about marketing or anything like that. I only focused on building. When we failed in 2014 and it failed because we couldn't handle the load, I knew, right, we get professionals, but don't worry about marketing the thing. Just this furthest thing from your mind. Just, just get, you know, get this thing able to handle a lot of people. That took many years. It took till last Christmas. And then throughout Last year, we did some market integration here to be strategic and we did a couple of middlemen um, data distribution platforms, which we partnered with so that data could be shared through that sort of thing on a, on a third party agreement, you know, and that's worked out great for us with the real estate and, and the cars. So it's made us very adaptable to worldwide markets and simply because I'm not charging anyone and I don't want to make money by charging everyone. I want everyone to have a free for all which means you put enough eyeballs and activity in one spot and the big advertisers of the world pay handsomely to hop in front of them, you know, and we don't have to charge people for their selling their cars and their, you know, selling their houses and, you know, selling their goods in their shops and that sort of thing. We don't need to charge them for that. And I think it's time something come along and gave everyone a break. The ones that have been dumped by the digital tidal wave over the last decade, you know, my mates that can't go and put an ad in the paper anymore to get a month's worth of work. So that's what WorkApp represents and that's kind of where we're at with it. So I think with podcasts like this and interviews, it's already starting to grow worldwide and, and it's going to be hard to stop the avalanche of people, which is why I focused on building it, not marketing it. You know, People would say, hey, you're going to get the people on it. And I'd say, I'm just focused on having it ready for when they come. Naively still putting that away, not worrying about it, not worrying about it. Well, here we are now in this year and we're not developing per se anymore we're now marketing you know for the first time really and um it's social media is here we've already got big followings like it's already a viral activity that's now an exponential growth so glad i didn't worry about how it's going to get the people sort of thing you know yeah fantastic and um so so with that are there any particular goals or objectives that you have for the coming year that you can share with us well, yes, um, this year, WorkApp will receive revenue for the first time after seven years of development. We're at the stage now where we can go to the market and, and offer them to buy our advertising spots, which we call WorkApp billboards. Um, the beauty of the WorkApp billboard model is it does not take priority over the free listings and the closest listings in the search results. It's quite the opposite with us. On WorkApp, you can't pay to way to the top. It's the closest plumber, closest hairdresser, closest massage therapist, closest mechanic in the search results is at the top, even if they don't boost their listing. But on the showcase, which we call What's Fresh and Work App, whoever boosts their listing, which is free to boost, goes to the top. 
And the number seventh position is the first workout billboard. And then the number 14th and then the number 21 is our paid spots, our workout billboards. But everywhere in between is the free listings and you can have unlimited free listings. So people will be just boosting their listings for sale in all their local areas. You've got to go into the search results and it'll just geolocate you and give you the closest plumber, hairdresser, mechanic, coffee shop that's on the system. And there's, it's all fair. There's no, anyone's paying for that. When you get a lot of people doing that, well, of course, those billboard spots now become worth a lot of money to Toyota and to Holden, you know what I mean? And to, to Volkswagen and a lot of these big advertisers that have massive big uh, advertising budgets. We've just done it so that we've kept the system lean. So our costs are very, very, very low and we can offer it for free where the automotive platforms are charging a lot of money. The real estate platforms are charging a lot of money. Digital shops, e-commerce shops charging 10, 12%. You know, like the, the, the jobs, like the, the, the job platforms out there charging, you know, big dollars to list the job vacancy for the businesses, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And what I decided to do was just make it free for everyone so we could climb back up and, and, you know, be actually prosperous in our endeavour. Let's, let's make our ends meet. Let's thrive instead of just surviving. And it's small enterprise I see as the answer to the life vein of the world. Um, but there's some middle components to that which gobble up a lot of money. And mm. work apps come to, like, erase that component so that the people can climb back up on top. 10%, 12% margins a lot if you're selling online goods. It really is. You know what I mean? Like the online goods might have 20% margin if you're lucky, 30% margin if you're lucky. Some of them less, you know, and to not have to pay that in between fee, I think is a, a game changer for the, the single mums that stay home and make gift baskets sort of thing to sell to the, the neighbourhood. You know what I mean? To put shoes on the kids. You know, these days you've got to go and make this profile for yourself and then right. work it all out sort of thing, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot of scope for, for what's going to happen with adoption of work app. Because my mindset's not based on revenue, or like it's not that I don't care about it. It's essential for a sustainability of a company, but it's not my driving force. You know what I mean? So, so I'm happy to just be totally free and only selling those workout billboard spots and giving it to the world for free. That's what excites me. Fantastic. Well, I'm convinced. I'm going to go and download the app as soon as we're finished on on our call today. Hey, you can uh, put podcasts on there too. I put a section for you. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm definitely going to be doing that. So uh, you can go into community <laughs> in the community section and then. Um, put on uh, either an organisation or an individual listing, but organisation if you want, and you'll see this. The, one of the selections is podcasts, and it will show up in the showcase. And you can make each individual listing as a podcast too. So you can be pumping out podcasts on WorkApp, and they'll just be forever. In in twenty years' time, we'll have all your podcasts on WorkApp, and it'll be in the cloud, mate, and <laughs> just like yeah. it is anyway. I like the sound of that. That sounds fantastic indeed. Yeah. Good stuff. Is there, is there anything that uh, maybe I should have asked you and haven't or that you'd like to be asked or a question that you would like to answer? Oh, it's a nice question to ask, ask me, mate. Not, not really, to be honest. I appreciate and, and have total gratitude for what you do. You know, you're doing this obviously because it's part of your, what, what makes you tick on a daily basis and to provide mm. value. And right now, I feel like you're providing value to me. And that's the key, you know, is to make me feel like that. And you've made me feel like that. So, you know, good on you. That's great. Thank you. I, I'm mostly doing this because it's fun. But if it's value as well, that's even better. <laughs> that's how you get value is to combine yeah. it with fun. It's got to be what you're excited. It's, it's what you're excited about. You know what I mean? It's not if, so much what, yeah, what you make money about. 
if, if there was one piece of advice you'd give to someone who's thinking about starting out for themselves or maybe finding a bit of a, an issue with resources in growing their, their own business or their vision, what, what advice would you give them? Oh, well, look, if you haven't started, just dive in and you'll work it out along the way. You'll never get it perfect. You'll never be right to start. You'll just never be in a position where you're right to start. So best just to start, you know, and, and just you'll work it out along the way. It's never as bad as we think. You know, there's always so many options and people must, I guess, paralyze themselves with fear and just don't take that plunge. And, and because of that, they're, because they're not willing to fail is why they don't take that plunge. Well, I kind of learned that through some personal development. And I remember us thinking at about the six month mark with work at asking myself a question, am I willing to fail at this? And then I remember thinking, yeah, yeah I am actually. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. All right. Like Elon was prepared to put that fourth rocket in space, even though it was all his money gone, he was prepared to fail. And so that's where I think people need to get themselves to is to the stage where they actually care about it enough. They're prepared to fail. And then there's no fail from that point. Now it's just enjoy the process and get around the obstacles and over them and under them and, you know, whatever you got to do. And that's the way, isn't it? That's the only way. Fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Dive in head first. Yeah. Where, where can people go to find out more about you and of course, download the app? Well, um, obviously the, the play store, Google play store, the app store, uh, iOS and on the web, it's www.workapp.world. So ours is not that .com old, school stuff right how's the dot world because we're we're really you know serious about being a worldwide industry platform or i my plan over the years to come is to develop it into every language german french you know like chinese japanese because see WorkApp doesn't have a news feed right so uh to to the to the big you know world leaders and that sort of thing it's 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 not as uh you know painful to them because there's no news feed because there's no like propaganda that you're going to come flying through work app. It's all trade and commerce in local areas. So it's a total industry tool. So it's good because we're not a social media platform. They're not my competition. Thankfully, I don't have them as my competition. We're an auxiliary to all of them and we're a, an industry tool that's free where any of the others and all of the others are charging, you know, and, and it's for trade and commerce. It's not to post your salad that you had for lunch on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that's a good thing because that's where I want to, actually provide the solution to the problem i think is to bring the digital version of the good old days back when they could put an ad in the paper 15 years ago and get a month's worth of work well you know on work app you're going to be in your local areas boosting it's all free whoever's closest is at the top and there's no funny business and people paying to be above you you know what i mean right. and i think ultimately that'll shine out as well like for people realize you know well Thank you. Thank Fingers you. Saying, yeah. Thank you for sharing so much of your, your journey, your story, everything that you've been working on, the mindset and recommendations, encouragement. I mean, you shared a lot on this call and, and it's been very valuable and uh, certainly the app looks fantastic and very valuable as well. I will be definitely downloading that and uploading some podcasts onto it as well. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your time and, and for the heart that you shared with us today. It's been wonderful. Thanks so much, John. I really appreciate it. And, and you know, thanks for everyone that watches and listens to this. Excellent. And, and for, for those of you listening, that uh, it's important. Oh, so you asked me before. You can find me on WorkApp and you yes. can find me on LinkedIn and you can find me on Facebook but I'd prefer everyone to get me on WorkApp because you can just go on WorkApp and find Shane Wallace and there's a chat feature there and I'm, I'm encouraging people to reach out to me on WorkApp now. Perfect. I okay. know, oh, and it's taken me years to go, 
get me on workout, get me on workout. But you know what? Get me on workout. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's go. Let's all go and get Shane on workout. And uh, but the most important thing from listening to these things is to take the messages and and use them. If anything that Shane has said has inspired you or given you some encouragement or a bit of extra motivation that you needed, do something with it and take some action on it. That's what this podcast is all about. Not just learning and hearing people's stories, but doing something with that as well. So Shane, once again, thank you so much for your time and your energy today. It's been a real pleasure and I'll look forward to connecting with you on the workout and in the future again. Thanks, Mike. This has been the Present Influence Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to make sure that you don't miss out on any upcoming podcast episodes, please consider subscribing to the channel. You can do that through our podcasting home at Buzzsprout, through iTunes, Spotify, or any good podcast directory. If you think you'd make a great guest for the show, or you know someone who would, or you have some great ideas or suggestions for things you'd like to hear discussed on one of our podcasts, please consider getting in touch with us. The best way to do that is through our own website, presentinfluence.com, or through our LinkedIn page, Facebook, or Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you'll join us again very soon for another Present Influence podcast.